But Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you, Lord. Twelve months, Lord, eleven months have passed by, and Lord, we are here in the last one twelfth of this year. And Lord, you're a God who establishes your government, O oh Lord Father, because your government is upon your shoulders. And even as we go about this last month of this year, I pray, Lord, that you would do your work in our lives and that you would establish your government, that you will find in us a sort of people who will submit to you, who will surrender their lives to you, and, Lord, will be willing, will be willing, O Lord Jesus, for you said in your word, if any man wills to do my will, he will understand, is what you said. And therefore this morning I pray, Lord, you would find here in us, in this congregation here in India, Hyderabad, and all around the world, those people are tuned in and joined with us, in us, O oh Lord, a set of people who are willing and who are obedient. For you said if you are willing and if you are obedient, you will eat the best of the land. And therefore this morning... I pray, Father, that, Lord, you would find in us a willing heart. Therefore, even as we now study your word, I pray, Lord, you would grant us the anointing of the Holy Spirit, teach us your ways, show us your paths, and lead us in the way of everlasting life. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory, for in Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, so this morning we'll be looking at um, Romans, uh, we're looking at meeting God as judge, meeting God as judge. Uh, because we have to prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord, because it is appointed to man to die once, and then what? Judgment, okay? And uh, therefore, we have to understand the standards of God's judgment. We've been looking at different standards of God's judgment from the epistle of Paul to the Romans, from chapter 2. We've looked at the fact that um, God does not show any partiality. And therefore, this, this morning, we will look at another important aspect of uh, what it means um, for God to, to show no partiality and how we uh, take that standard of God's judgment that he doesn't show any partiality and apply it into our own lives and how we um, judge ourselves according to that standard so that one day we will not be judged uh, with the world because he says the spiritual man, the Bible says the spiritual man, what does he do? He judges all things, but he himself is rightly judged by no man. So we coming is uh, coming Sunday is the first Sunday of this month. Um, you'll be, uh, God willing, taking part in the Lord's Supper. Therefore, we'll have to understand God's standards of judgment. So let's look at Romans chapter two, a few verses, and then we will go into today's study. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? So God is a God who will render to everyone according to his works. We looked at that. Eternal life to those who, by patient continuance in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. So, uh, obedience is always there. Either we obey the truth or we obey unrighteousness. So, uh, that's the reason why it says in Romans chapter 6, to whom you uh, make yourselves slaves to obey, his slaves you are, whether to righteousness or whether to sin whether to God or whether to sin. So um, this is something which we need to understand. Um, and also we looked at the fact that God's uh, judgment is based upon truth. That is the first thing, right? And then goes on in Romans chapter 2, verse 9. Tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, 
of the Jew first and also of the Greek, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. We looked at that last time. There's no partiality with God. Romans chapter 2 verse 11. Uh, there is no partiality with God. God is no respect. There is no respect of persons with God. God does not show any favoritism. Amplified says, for God shows no partiality, no arbitrary favoritism. With him, one person is not more important than the other. And of course, for there is no favor by appearance with God. He doesn't see anybody's face. For there is no acceptance of faces with God. So, so we looked at all these aspects of the fact that God is impartial. Um, so the fact that he is impartial means there is only one thing. Um, there is one way of salvation to God. The fact that the, no other way except the way of the cross. It doesn't matter if you are Greek, if you are a Jew, if you are hmm, bond, slave, circumcised, uncircumcised. For in Christ Jesus, nothing matters. Only the new creation matters and the faith expressing itself through love matters. Therefore, we so we understand the three aspects of the fact that God is impartial, that our attitude towards God, there is only one way to be to being reconciled with God, the way of the cross. Then our attitude toward others, or to, to ourselves, that God is a God who judges impartially, right? Therefore, if we call him father, right? Because by new birth, we become God's children. If we call him father, so it's, that's what it says in First Peter chapter 1, verse 17. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each man's work, so he's a God who judges, he's a Father who judges us, and he's a Father who rewards us. The fact of, this, we looked at these two aspects. Conduct yourself uh, to, uh, throughout the time of your stay here in fear. We'll look at that today, a very important aspect. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your forefathers. Let me, <laughs> our life before meeting God, we might have, we might have, we might have, have we might have had incredible uh, dreams and aims and ambitions in life. But in as far as God is concerned, what is that kind of life? Aimless. Okay. If God is not the center of our life, we are having what, what life? Aimless life. Therefore, we sin. Because what is sin? Missing the mark. In everything that we do, no matter what kind of an aim and a purpose that we had <laughs> apart from God, that is an aimless life. And what, that, how did we receive that kind of a life? By tradition. <laughs> from our fathers. So, so, why? Because you've been uh, purchased with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot and blemish. So, God is our father who will render impartially to everyone according to their work. Okay, He's, He is the one who is a father. He is our father. Therefore, what, will, what does he do? We looked at the fact that God deals with what, we ha- what is called as inequity in us and teaches us what is equitable living. Right? Equitable living towards God, equitable living to ourselves, and equitable living towards others as well. Three aspects of our life. Right? Amos chapter 3 will say this. Here, this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, what will I do? I will visit you for all your iniquities. Okay? In your heart, there is inequity. 
and God has to straighten us out. In that, he has to teach us the path of equity, the path of impartial living. This is something God has to teach us, and he will visit us, because by default, we are not. So, what should be our aim? Our aim, we were aimless, but once we become uh, born again and we become children of God, we need to have a name. And what is our aim? What is our objective? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. What is our aim? To be alive, to lead a life which is well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in his body, whether good or bad. And verse 11, knowing therefore the word of the Lord, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So if God is a God who judges us impartially according to our works, there are two very important aspects. And if God is a God who judges us according to our works and according to, uh, and that he shows no partiality, what is the attitude with which we should take those standards of God judge, God's judgment and apply it in our current state so that we'll become blameless when he appears? Right. God is a God who is impartial. God is a God who is going to judge us according to our works. These are two standards of God's judgment. And what kind of a judgment will we have ultimately? It is eternal judgment. That is once it is set, it is set for all eternity. It can, it can, it can never be changed. <laughs> okay. It can, it can never be changed. It is eternal judgment. Therefore, if God is a God who is going to judge us impartially, and God is a God who is going to judge according to our works, if how do we take these two standards of God's judgment and apply it in our own lives? So that we are prepared for His coming. Is a, is a question that we need to look at today. So First Peter chapter 1. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, the key is given. This is the standard of God's judgment. So how do we live according to that standard? Conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. That is what, how we apply the standard of God's judgment that he is impartial and he is a God who judges according to our works. Therefore, how should we live our lives? In fear. What kind of a fear? The fear of God. And how is that kind of a life? There are two things which are mentioned over here. They lead a life in fear and understand that you are only, the word here, uh, time of your stay, that you are only in exile, you are only in exile or a sojourner. That means you need to have one important attitude, that you are a sojourner, a pilgrim, and because you are a pilgrim, and because you are in exile, how do you live? You live with the fear of God, knowing that the God is a God who judges us impartially and God is a God who judges according to our works. This is how we live. We live by developing an attitude of the fear of God. So, today's topic, which will take us all eternity, <laughs> which I'm not going to delve into for all eternity, a man who fears God. So therefore, we need to understand do am I a man or a woman? Okay. Sorry. A person. Neuter gender. Okay. A person who fears God or not. Hmm? It is for everybody. And fear of God is not a bad word. Fear is not a bad word. Uh, fear of God. 
fear. We'll come to, we'll come to the fear of God uh, a little later. Let us look at one important verse. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Very important verse. Psalm 19 verse 7 onwards. Look at what it says about the word of God. The law of the law, Lord is perfect, converts the soul. So first you need to have a conversion experience. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. The moment you are converted, you have to grow in wisdom. And what is what is able to make you wise? The scriptures. Yeah. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. What are the statutes? The boundaries that God establishes in your life. In English, in Telugu, it is very interesting. Kattada, meaning there are certain boundaries that God has allowed for you in, our, in your life. And as long as you stay in that life, you have a life of rejoicing, joy, freedom, etc. Okay. The commandment of the Lord is pure. What does it do? It enlightens your eyes. That means you grow in the revelation of God, understanding what the commandment of God is. When you have the commandments, that is the reason why in the epistle of John, it's, uh, sorry, the gospel of John, John makes a very interesting statement. He says, he who has, has the commandments. I mean, it's interesting, right? You need to have the commandments. Okay. So the, what does the commandment of the, of the Lord do? It is pure. It enlightens your eyes. Alright, so first thing you need to have a conversion experience and then therefore we need to understand this fear of God is something which is, uh, uh, which is not normal. We'll understand what, where, where it starts and how it starts. Okay, how it should start. Hmm? Enlightening the eyes and look at what it says and verse 9, the key. The fear of the Lord is clean. You know what the beautiful, actually the, uh, the Hebrew word means, it cleanses us. It has the effect of cleaning our soul and our spirit. That is the reason why it says perfecting holiness. In the fear of the Lord, getting rid of all the filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. That is Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 and 2 for you. Perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord, cleansing yourself in all the filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. Therefore, therefore, what is the cleansing thing in our lives? What cleanses us is the fear of God. Okay, so the fear of God is the one which cleanses us. So, first thing, therefore, we need to understand what is this genuine fear of God. Who is the person who has a genuine fear of God? And this particular topic is very, very, very close to my heart. Very close to my heart. I'll show you why. (laughs) Hopefully, that will become evident. (laughs) Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. First of all, we need to understand what is this fear not. Okay, What is not the fear of God? What is not the fear of God? Look at what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God has not given us, what? The spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So there is a demonic fear. That is exactly how the, uh, I mean, the worldly religions are. How do you, how do they have their gods? With uh, tongue coming out, several heads, etc. Hmm? And even, no, oh, this is God, Baba. If you don't worship him, he will destroy us. Oh, okay. That's exactly what happened to uh, Jonah in the, in, I mean, Jonah's uh, fellow passengers in the boat. Okay. They started <laughs> crying out to their own gods. Okay. Because there is a philosophy over there that God is a God who punishes you. Who, this is, this is not that kind of a fear. Okay. We'll come to that later on. Spirit, this is a spirit of fear. This is demonic. This is a demonic fear. We're not, we're talking, we're not talking about that kind of a fear. And what does it lead to? This kind of a demonic fear leads us to what we call a slavery. 
You have to always try to. This is one of the things you need to understand. When you, once you are a child of God, you are free. Look at this boy over here. He's free. No problems at all. Because he knows. He's completely accepted. No matter whatever tantrums he's going to throw. Right? Okay. Nothing is going to happen to him. He knows very, very sure. Very, very, uh, I mean, absolutely sure in his mind that is not, he's absolutely free in the presence of his parents. Okay. Demonic fear leads us to bondage and slavery. That's the reason why Romans chapter 8, look at what it says. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive what? The spirit of bondage. You see, oh, if I don't keep the law, God is going to destroy. What can I do? I am the potter. I mean, sorry, he is the potter. I am the clay. Otherwise, he is going to crush me. He is almighty. I am all mitty. All mitty means I'm only sand. Hmm? So if I don't worship him, if I don't fear him, he is going to crush me. He is not, we are not talking about that kind of a fear. Yeah. It says, Jesus delighted in the fear of God. What is I mean, can you delight in the fear of God? Why did he delight in the fear of God? Because he was a son of God. Because of the fact that he was son, there was a liberating experience that he experienced even as he was a man. And therefore, he did not have the morbid fear of God. He had a reverential fear of God. We will come to that later on. So this is not demonic fear, where if you don't keep a set of rules, oh, there is a God who is standing there who is going to crush us. No, no, no. We are not talking about that. Okay. Once we are, no, no father will treat their children like that. Okay. For you didn't even, I don't understand, I mean, uh, worst case scenario also, I don't know, I don't know, I mean, the worst case, nowadays anything happened. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received what we call as a spirit of what? Adoption. Okay. By whom we cry out what? Abba Father. You need, you need to understand the word Abba Father, the very first time it appears in the New Testament. You know where, in what context it appears? Anybody knows? You need to, I mean, God, that is how he actually prayed also in a secret. But the very first time, the word Abba Father, in which, what context is mentioned? Garden of Gethsemane. Where? Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus goes and falls flat and he says, Abba, Daddy, 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 please Daddy, I don't want to be separate from you. The term, that's an endearing term. He uses those words. He says, Abba, Daddy, Daddy, please, Daddy, Daddy, please, Daddy. Let me not go through this process, Daddy. So this, that is how he addresses his father. He says, the same spirit by which Jesus Christ addresses father as Abba, the same spirit has been given to us. And now what we cry out, we cry out, cry out what? Abba, Father. So the first thing we need to understand, the fear of God is a good thing. It, even Jesus had the fear of God. And by the spirit, what we cry out, we cry out, Daddy, 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 Daddy. Okay. I mean, in, 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 in our uh, uh, India, we use Pitaji, Daddy ji, etc. Which okay, respect is there. But generally, you know, Papa, everybody likes. No? Okay. Uh, people call Pastor Papu. Okay. I have my reservations, but it's okay. <laughs> if you can, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so, because, you know, you like it. It, 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 it shows a, a sense of closeness. Okay. A closeness. So that is a, that is a kind of a word he is using over here. Spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, 
Abba, Father. In other words, I don't have to perform to be accepted by God. It is not a set of rules. Did you obey all the rules? List 1, list 2, list 3, list 4. And therefore I will accept you as my son. No! None of the rules the Egyptian, uh, the Israelites uh, were obeying when they were in the promised land. In fact, they were offering of sacrifices to Molech and all strange gods and demons were in Egypt according to Leviticus chapters 15, 16, 17, 18. Hmm? So God did not ch- 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 save them because they were what? Obeying the law. No. He saved them and therefore he says now obey my law. Okay. Uh, should I just wait? Okay. I'll take a tea break. Why is this mirror in front of me, Baba? Switch it off now. Please, please, please. It's very distracting, actually. Honestly, it's very distracting. It's going to be a little bit. It's going to be a little bit. It's going to be a Thank you. Okay, so spirit of bondage, spirit of adoption. So you don't have to perform. You don't have to obey a set of rules to be accepted by God. That is the reason why the prodigal son, he's prodigal, but he's still what? Son. He's not a slave who was lost. That was Onesimus. So, Odysseus knows if he goes back home, he's got the danda. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's got the danda waiting for him. Right? So, but the, but the prodigal son is not waiting for the danda. He knows his father. He says, even the slaves in my father's house have fantastic food. So, I, I might as well become a slave of, of my father, even though I'm not worthy to be called a son. That is how he rehearses himself. Look at what it says in Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 17 onwards. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to the father, Gadu. My father. The daddy is coming, Gadu. Everybody in their homes have this title, the daddy. You are the man of the house, the father. My father. Okay. See, when Jesus used these parables, I believe the Jewish people might have got a shock of their lives. Who is this man who can call God father? <laughs> you see, understand this. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your bond servants is what he practiced, rehearsed. Okay, with periods, etc. Okay, he practiced in front of the mirror also. <laughs> okay, I don't know how he did it. So, but look at how the father that he runs when he sees him afar off, runs and kisses him. But when he arose and came to his father, but we are still a great way of way off his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, kissed and said to him, and he said to him, the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Shut your mouth now. Enough. <laughs> Don't make me like one of your heads. No, 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 no. Enough, enough. Chal, chal. You got, he learned your mistake. That's enough. Look at the period over this. Full stop. Dialogue <laughs> So this, look at this. So he's saying, you don't have to perform. 
You are my son, it's not going to change. Right? But the father said to his servants, he didn't say it to the son. Okay, Amazing, isn't it? Bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf, kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. So this is not demonic fear. Oh, there is one God who is there sitting in the heavens with all these laws and he's going to take his broom and he's going to lower the boom and crush us, which is true. But that is not the reason why we should worship him. He's not looking at for, PL, for people who will be fearful like that and worship him. We should rejoice with trembling. Both have to go together. Okay. A lot of people rejoice, but don't tremble. <laughs> A lot of people tremble, but don't rejoice. <laughs> okay. This is the combination in Psalm 2 actually. It says, rejoice with trembling. Worship the Lord. Hmm? So, first thing, it is not this spirit of bondage. The spirit of fear is not a spirit of bondage which takes us to fear. It is not a slavish spirit. It is something else. First thing it is not. What? Spirit of bondage? Demonic. Okay. Second, what it is not. Hmm? Let us see what it is not. Isaiah chapter 29. Let's read from verse 13. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near their, draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts from where? Far from me. And look at this next one. And their what? Fear toward me. Their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. So what is this fear? This is what we call as religious fear. Fear of, I mean, you, I mean, you, you think that you fear God because you are following a set of values or some traditions. Like one tradition we will we have coming, I mean, already started. Hug the herald angels sing, etc. Okay. We will go all around the city, sleepy Joes, waking up sleepy Christians. <laughs> okay. And we will never preach the gospel to anybody else except Christians during this season. It's very weird actually. Okay. Okay. Days and months and years. We've been actually delivered from days, right? <laughs> that is the reason why Sammy is very smart, okay. Three two months before Christmas, he said the truth about Christmas. <laughs> Tuesday Bible study. <laughs> the truth about Christmas. <laughs> you fellas, you traditional people, you do have no idea what it is. And in fact, Jesus was not born on twenty fifth of December, by the way. If you have been following the series, okay. Okay. People will get upset, honestly. But um, we don't remotely care. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's move on. Okay, okay. And their fear toward me. Their fear. They fear. This is a religious fear. If you fear God, if you follow this set of rules, you love God. If you follow this set of rules, you love your wife because you do this, 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 this to your wife. <laughs> Can you imagine? If you. Any time, any time in your life, tell your wife, if you do a mistake, okay? If you make a mistake of telling your wife, Honey, I did this, no? I did this, no? I did this, no? I did this, no? Don't I love you? If you say that, try it, okay? Experientially, you'll know something. (laughs) 
I you got you this note. I got you this note. I got you this note. They don't want that. That is the reason why Jesus says, you, I know your works, I know your this, I know everything of yours, but what you have lost is your first love. Okay? You have the best of doctrines, you cannot stand false apostles, oh, you will start right theology forum. The wrong theology forum. And bash people left, right and center because they have no, no theology or do, no doctrine. But, do you have love? Do you have devotion? Or is it just one set of doctrines that you want to follow? Is this what, what we call as a religious fear? I mean, in fact, Jesus renders it in a different way in the New Testament. You know what he calls it? Fear towards me is rendered as what? Let's see. Matthew chapter 15. <clears throat> then the scribes and the Pharisees who were, with Jer- who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress? Excuse me. What do they do? They transgress the tradition of the elders. Can you imagine? <laughs> they are so worried about traditions, Baba. I am telling you honestly, you go to some ordination services. You go to ordination services. Everybody is honored except God. They will have one ordination committee over here full of Pula Danda, Pula Danda, Pula Danda, Reverend Doctor, Doctor Reverend, Right Reverend, Left Reverend, Wrong Reverend, all Reverends. But they don't realize that one fellow is in hell. Who's right reverend? Who's that fellow? Reverend doctor, rich man. Because he had the, he had the right theology. Father Abraham, he had very right theology. <laughs> See. What is that? Tradition of the elders. Who are deciding? Who are this, who is deciding this? The elders are deciding. And what are they upset about? They do not wash their hands when they eat bread. You know, Jesus has a, he has a seething remark against such kind of an indictment. You know what he says? Look at what he says. He answered and said to them, why do you also, what? Transgress, not the tradition, the commandment. Of God, because of your Tradition, for God commanded saying, honor your father and mother and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. What is that? He shall surely, ah, he shall surely die. But what do you do? That he does okay. You shall not surely. That's what you say. So what are you doing? Through your tradition, you are lessening the sting of the commandment. What are you doing? Mm, you are lessening the sting of your commandment through your tradition. You are lessening the standards of God's requirement through your tradition. In other words, you are saying, you can by works somehow please God. Look at what he says. Then, whoever says to his father and mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift from God. In, uh, in, in Mark he says, Korban. You know Korban, no? Sacrifice. Hmm. Then he need not honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect with your tradition. And then he quotes Isaiah. Beautifully. You know how he says, what he says? You, hypocrite. So this is what is called, this is what is called religious fear. Hypocritical fear. What is, what is this fear? Hypocritical fear. This is a people who have no heart for God at all. You hypocrites, 
Well did Isaiah prophesy of you saying, this people draw near unto me with their mouths, honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do what? Ah, our genuine man who fears God also worships God. Okay. Teaching for doctrines, the word of men, the commandments of men. And what do you do? You lessen the standard of the God, of the commandments of God. And in lessening the standards of the commandments of God, you actually speak against God and you speak against the servants of God, even though you, you, what do you say? You feign as if you are very interested in the word of God. I'll show you an example. I'll show you an example. Okay. Let me show you an example. This is Ezekiel chapter 33. Also thou son of man, the children of your people are still talking what? Read this, read this, everybody. For you or against you? Oh, against you. Okay. What are they speaking? Ezekiel, they are speaking against Ezekiel. What are, how are they speaking? They are speaking against Ezekiel. So what, are, what do you think that they are speaking against Ezekiel? This Ezekiel, no. He acts as if he's a great prophet, but he's nothing. Is he saying that? His word has got no power, no authority, no anointing, nothing. Re. Is he saying that? No. Look at what he says. And in the doors of the houses and speak to one another, everyone to his brother saying, come, I pray you. This is all old KJV English. That's the reason why I put it there. Chala Mariyadaga. A lot of, uh, what do you call, protocol over there. He's the man of God, you know. Great man of God. But in speaking for the man of God, you know what the Holy Spirit is saying? You're speaking against the man of God. I'm telling you, this is a dangerous attitude. I know hundreds of believers who are like that. Hundreds of believers. They speak against the man of God in... But you know, actually, they are actually speaking for the man of God. But look, look at look at why God says that you are speaking against the man of God. Look at what He says. Come, I pray you, hear what is the word that cometh from the Lord. Oh, He speaks the oracles of God. Look at what he, what they do, and they come unto you. They come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before, before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they do not. No, they will not. They will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love. That's the reason why, you know, I'm very careful about endearing terms, you know. But their heart still goes after covetousness. Other translations will use the word their own gain. Are they speaking for the man of God or against the man of God? In, in the eyes of the spirit against the man of God because you hear the words but you don't do them. But in your own eyes, oh, fantastic word, pastor. What a word, pastor. Fantastic word, pastor. It spoke to my heart, pastor. But they will do, not even one bit they will do. Still looking for gain. Look at what it says in Ezekiel chapter 30. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song. When you speak the word of God, it's like music to their ears. What voice, what examples, what connections, what fantastic, it's all intellectual essence, but not touching the spirit at all. Because there's no obedience. You know, I, I remember, once you come to university, if you try to behave like a child, how, how do you behave when you come to, in your class 10, class 11, class 12, you stand up and say, good morning, sir, good morning, sir. Everybody says good morning, some say good morning, sir. They have different ways they respect the professor, right? 
you come to university. I was doing, uh, I was being trained under a senior prof, actually the director of my school, of my university. Uh, I was supposed to teach a B.Tech first year class. 250 students only. How many? No. 250 students you should teach, Baba. You will know. That is a, that is was baptism by fire only for me. It was actually there for, so I could not handle it. So my professor said, okay, fine. Vijay, I know you can't handle 125, 125. He divided into two, two, two sections. So I teach two sections, one after the other. <clears throat> so these fellows, the moment they come into the class, you know, they just came from uh, plus one, plus two now. Now they are in the university. They carry the tradition. They will get up and say, good morning, sir. And they kept on doing that after a while. First semester came. First mid-sem exam. In the mid-sem exam, sunna, ara sunna, visarga. Zero, half a zero, and two zeros. Many people got. And what are they doing? <laughs> Good morning, sir. The very next day. And you know what? These fellows in IIIT, spoiled brats on planet Earth. University class is only five, not even a kilometer away from your hostel. Will you come on time? No. <laughs> Breakfast is ready. Mess is fantastic. Everything is done. They still keep rushing to the class. And you know, one day, my professor, he was a very smart man. He said, everybody said, good morning, sir. He said, sit down, sit down, sit down. You fellow, sit, down. sit down. Put this good morning down. If you don't learn the subject, they, your good mornings are useless. And every time I come to you, your class, it is no longer good morning. It is only bad morning for me. Even if you wish me good morning. You see, that's exactly how a lot of people are, even in the church. Good morning, Pastor Sahar, Pastor Sahar. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Durtalakshanam. For those who understood it, should understand, okay? He who has ears to hear, <laughs> let him hear. <laughs> okay? What is it? You are a pleasant song. You can play well with the instrument. Bah! You know, you know, your prophecy is like instrument. You are like Elijah. Hey, Elisha, sorry. Who said, no, give me, get me the guitar, let me prophesy. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. And when they come, when it comes to pass, in other words, the word that comes out of you will come to pass, but they don't do it. You know what the word that is coming out of Ezekiel's mouth? Judgment, woe, lamentation. I didn't say it. You read Ezekiel. You know what, he, what Ezekiel does? He eats it and how does he taste it like? Honey, what is the, what is the word he's eating? Judgment, lamentation, woe. And how is he tasting to his spirit? Honey. You see, this is the problem with traditional fear. Because you know what? You have an outward form of godliness. There is no power inside of it. There is no authenticity. There is no authority. That's a problem. You see, one of the things that I keep asking myself, I tell myself, I did not come to leave my full-time job to have a form. Sometimes when people introduce me, I get scared. <laughs> Please, <laughs> forget the doctor. <laughs> because I know <laughs> a lot of reverend doctors who are there. Uh, Please, <laughs> spare me. And when this comes to pass, lo, it will come to pass. Then they shall know who was among them. The problem is, let it not be too late for you. Let it not be too late. 
This is a traditional fear of man. It is religious freedom, religious fear. And what is it? It is hypocritical. There's a lot of pretense. There's no authenticity. You know why? Because there's no inner life. I like what Zach Bunnan said. I don't teach a text. I teach a life. I love that statement. I teach the life of a person who was inspired by the Holy Spirit and whose standard is a text of the word of God. See that? Matthew chapter 15. This is the indictment of Jesus. Look at what he says. And he called the multitude and said to them, Hear and understand. The fellows, did they understand? <laughs> no, obviously. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouths. Samskritam. That is the reason why there's a Sanskrit in, 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 in the Sanskrit slokam which says, Vanyeka samalankaroti purusham ya samskrita dharyate. Meaning, the words that come out of a man, they will tell what kind of a culture that man is actually adhering to. Because Jesus himself said, by your words, what? You shall be justified. By your words, you shall be condemned. Meaning, all the other decorations that you have for your body is useless. Only the words that come out of your mouth, they are the ornaments that decorate you. Nothing else. Nothing else decorates you. Because what comes out of your mouth is the inner life. And if there's no inner life, there's no, there's absolutely no use in following God. That is, the, that is the reason why verse 12, he says, Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou not that the Pharisees were offended? <laughs> That's the reason why pastor was telling us the other day, he said, If you are offended, you are a classic case of a hypocrite. You don't have to search anywhere. Where is the, where is the hypocrite? Where is the hypocrite? It's there, right there, inside of you. The, the laboratory is here. <laughs> Pharisees were offended. After they heard the saying, you know what he said? Forget those fellows. Blind, leaders of the blind, what, who they, they, all those who follow them, they will fall where? Into the ditch. Leave them. Did you understand? The problem is, did you understand? Did you understand? Did you understand Peter? Did you understand John? Did you understand James? Did you understand? Did you understand? Did you understand all the disciples of Jesus Christ? Did you understand what I said? You know what he says? Thank God somebody asked. <laughs> then answered Peter. And said unto him, declare unto this parable. <laughs> Imagine, still those fellows didn't understand it. Please, this sounds like a parable. Parabola. You know what parable means? From which we get the word mathematical term, parabola. Means they are going towards where? The, 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 the what is that? The, yeah, the, 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 the graph goes where? Internet, infinity only. Sorry, we can't understand. We can't understand this. Sorry. Sorry, we can't understand. So, and that is the reason why I know Jesus knows mathematics, okay? <laughs> because he taught a lot of parabolas. From <laughs> which we get the word parable, okay? Then Jesus said, are you not without, are you still without understanding? Still without understanding? Don't, do not yet ye know, uh, do, uh, do not ye, uh, yet understand that whatsoever enter in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought. Elementary canal. <laughs> in other words, Ghost is cast out into the drought. But what comes out of your mouth? Where does it come from? But those things that proceed out of the mouths come from the heart and they defile a man. That is the reason why when you hear bad language, you get defiled. You you know that, right? When you hear it, 
Thank God YouTube is using. Beep, beep, beep. They defile. Why? For out of the heart proceed. What comes out of the heart? You will what? I thought thoughts are in the mind. No, 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 no. The origin of the thought. That is the reason why. Every intention of the thoughts of their heart was what? Evil continually. Continually. It all originates there. That is the reason why new birth starts with the heart. Because out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. It comes from there. It's the source of the inner man. That inner man has to be completely ch- changed. Therefore, these traditions, these outward forms will not change. This is all fear of men, useless Christianity. What comes from the heart? Evil thoughts. What also, what also comes? Murders. Of course, you can't murder people these days. But you will call each other and use the beautifulest expressions as to what the other brother is. Mm-hmm. That is the reason why those who feared God, what did they do in Malachi chapter 3? They spoke often with one another so that God, through the conversation, knew whether these people actually feared God or not. Mm-hmm. Because Why? Because out of the mouth comes what? Evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. Blasphemies, under, underline that word blasphemy. These are the things which defile a man, but eat to eat with unwashed hands, you might get COVID and die. <laughs> but if you have all these things in your heart, you will have COVID and go to hell. You can have COVID and die and go to heaven. Or you can have COVID and die and go to hell. Everybody is concerned about COVID and death now. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. This is not, this is not we are talking. I mean, honestly, if this is what you are looking at, this is not, this is not Christianity. You should ask God, Lord, make me authentic. Not let me, let me not become a pretender. Let me have a life which is genuine. Not to impress others. Not to impress my pastor. My pastor can be impressed, but what about you? Mm-hmm. So that is the reason why we never think about earthly things. Mm-hmm. If you look at our devotion, what, what is that first word? No, where is your focus? No man, are your eyes on heavenly things or earthly things? The first devotional in our devotion. Mm-hmm. Are your eyes on earthly crowns and earthly thrones? Sorry, sorry, earthly crowns and earthly thrones or heavenly crowns and heavenly thrones? Second mm-hmm. Timothy chapter 3. Look at what he says. Having the form of godliness. What do they have? A form. A form. Of godliness. But what do they not have? They don't have the power. At all. They cannot love their wives. They cannot love their children. They don't have the capacity to discipline their children. In love and in firmness. Okay. They don't genuinely love their brother. These are all intellectual things, Baba. We are not talking about intellectualism. We are talking about authentic life. You see, that is what we are talking about. Of And from such people, what should you do? Turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning. Oh, they come to every Bible study, Baba. And never able to come to the knowledge of truth. What do they have? Outward religious fear, but not a genuine fear of God. So it is not slavery. 
It's not a demonic fear. It is not a religious fear. So what is it? Huh. Let us see. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. The third kind of fear, which is, which is, which is not. It is not religious fear. It is not demonic fear. The third kind of fear is 29, 25. Everybody should know. What is that? Everybody say that. Read it for, for now. The fear of man brings a snare. But whoso putteth their trust in the Lord shall be safe. You see, one of the things which guards us, no? if you want to really garrison your life from spiritual attack, have the fear of God. It's a shield. And why was Job protected? Tell me. Shield. See, Joe, Satan said you have put a hedge, 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 hedge. Three hedges were there. But why did he have a hedge? Because he had the fear of God. The fear of man. What does fear of man cause you to do? Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter 5. The fear of man is dangerous. John's Gospel chapter 5. Meaning fear of man means you want to seek the approval of men. You want to seek the honor of men. You want to seek what, what they think about you is very important to you. You know, the Christian should have an attitude. What should he have? An attitude. What is that attitude? I remotely care what you think about me, good or bad. I'm talking about the people in the world, not talking, I'm not talking about people in the church. It is important for, <laughs> for pastor to think well about me. It is important about what he thinks about me is very important to me. I'm not talking about that. For example, if Apostle Paul is sitting here, it's very important for me. <laughs> <laughs> to know what he thinks about my preaching and my doctrine. Am I interpreting his words correctly or not? In the right spirit or not? <laughs> I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about the people in the world. Oh, your people are like this. You should have. So, so, sorry. Ah, that is the attitude. Okay. Doesn't matter. The fear of man, what does it do? Brings a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord. That is the reason why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, don't fear those who kill your body but have no power over your soul. Fear those people who can put your body and soul. There's only one, three people. Oh, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. They will agree in sending you to hell. <laughs> three people you have to fear. The Trinity. The Trinity. <laughs> okay. Whoso, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. You see, protection. Protection for your soul is the fear of God. Understand this. But let us understand the fear of man. The three kinds of fear which are not, we are not talking about. That is not what we are talking about. John's Gospel chapter 5. I do not receive honor from men. Categorical statement, period. After that, there is no comma. Have you seen that? Any comma? But you know, uh, no, no, one statement, over. I do not need, receive honor from him, period. Because I know what is in man. I don't need your testimony. <laughs> That's what it says, no? Many people believed in him when he did a lot of miracles and wonders and signs. But Jesus on his behalf did not, what? Entrust himself to anybody because he knew what was in man. And therefore, he did not need the testimony of man. Kya baat That is what ultimate freedom is. Hmm? I do not receive honor from men, but I know you. I know you. That you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. And verse 44, how can you believe? How can you believe? It's a rhetorical statement. In other words, you cannot believe because 
you receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the interesting statement again please read it properly the only god you see that the only god meaning the every other person that you're seeking honor from you're considering him as what god a lot of people i told i gave this example no the two kinds of people who graduate from uh, from my university those people who are interested in research and those people who are interested in moolah so the people who are interested in research will look at those people who are interested in moolah hey you traitors you should contribute to your science and advancements of science and technology where is your contribution to the literature all you can think about is money is my indictment towards those people who go to job those people who go to job are a fool what is your research getting you you have to live on your wife's salary <laughs> look at me look at my payback what is his god payback what is your god paper for him payback for you paper so what are you what are you seeking approval from from your peer group what is he seeking approval from from his peer group whatever the peer group is and you know what god is saying this is useless whatever you are trying trying to seek honor from is your god and ultimately you will whatever you fear you end up worshiping that is the reason why jesus said if you are fear towards me start with the commandments to of men and jesus uh, interprets that in isaiah as your worship towards me is spoken uh, is is like the commandments of men sorry <clears throat> understand this you see the fear the fear religion what are what do other christians think about me that is exactly the reason why daniel cared to hoots to what other jews thought about him that is the reason why a christian is not a conformer he is a transformer what is he no he transforms himself and he transforms the very place that he is living in the the entire world is trying to conform daniel into its mold but daniel said you can change my identity you call me whatever you want to call me belteshazzar whatever whatever zar you can teach me the language of the chaldeans you can give me all kinds of certificates but what i am inside you cannot change that cannot be touched and ultimately know what's going to happen your life your destiny your future is dependent upon that spirit which is inside of me because no wisdom no scaldian no astrologer no fellow with a phd from your top school will be able to give the solutions to your spiritual problems only me and what has happened instead of conforming what did he become ultimately he transformed understand this So I told you, you know this this concept is this teach this this study is very 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 passionate. I'm very passionate about the fear of God because I know I suffered with the fear of man, but I now I care two hoots almost. I'm coming there. I cannot say <laughs> I'm all, all almost there. Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter nine. John's Gospel chapter nine. His parents. This is the blind man from birth, right? His parents answered and said to the Sanhedrin, "We know that this is our son, and that he was bl- born blind. We know." but by what means he now sees we do not know look ma no hands maaku diniki em sambandham ledu kochu bi sambandham nahi hai or who opened his eyes we do not know he is of age 
ask him he will speak for himself meaning you cannot stand on the side of those who are authentic what is your christianity baba what is your christianity what is your christianity if you cannot stand with those who are authentic that is the reason why in hebrews chapter 13 the writer of hebrews will say as if you are what what chained along with those who are in prison identify yourself if you visit my brother the least of these my brothers in prison if you give them a glass of what cold water you have ident can you identify with those people who are being suffering who are suffering as christians do you identify yourself or are you ashamed of them hmm? what is your christianity because you don't seek authenticity i don't know what city you you seek san francisco maybe i don't know He is of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. And you know what he says? His parents said these things because they, because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone, look at, look at, look at this, look at this. If anyone, oh, what is that? Confess that he was the Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said he is of age. Asking meaning what? What did they say? They did not want to confess him before. And you know what Jesus said in Luke's gospel? Uh, we'll, we'll come to that later on. Luke's gospel chapter 2, we'll come back. Also I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the son of man also will confess before the angels of God. But if you deny me before men, what will I do? I will deny you. You know what make, the fear of God makes you? It makes you, it makes you deny Jesus. I remember when I was going to Delhi, way back, I think it was 2008, 2009, whereabouts, I was going to Delhi for a visa. Opposite to me was one guy from BJP. And he looked at me and he said, what is your name? He said, Vijay Thakota. I said, okay. Huh. And what are you? I said, Christian. Immediately his attitude changed. What, will, what should I do? I should say, no, 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 I'm not Christian, I don't know. Huh? It's, it's like this, no? Just imagine, no? You take your wife, I, I remember, no, when we were um, going to, uh, for a vacation, Justin and I, we didn't have children then. Uh, we got married, it was like what, one year into our marriage, maybe one and a half year into our marriage. We were going to Chennai. <clears throat> from, from Chennai, we were going somewhere else for a, for a vacation. In the, in the train, I just helped her to get into the seat because she was finding it difficult to get into the berth. So one, one guy was standing there sitting next to us and he was looking at this and after a while, in the next day morning, he asked me, uh, what are you guys, your colleagues, your friends? Your, what are you? He asked. I said, she's my wife. Just imagine, I don't know this girl. <laughs> I don't know who she is, if I say that. You know, that's exactly what Jesus, a lot, 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 of, lot of Christians do. I don't know who this Jesus is. I don't know. Who is he? My husband. No, no, no. I don't know. I don't know. You see what happens next? This guy, John's Gospel chapter 9. <clears throat> 35. John's Gospel chapter 9 verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. What did, what did they do? You are an outcast now. And when he had found him, I'll tell you something. If you do not fear man and you stand and not change your testimony, Jesus will find you and he will give you a revelation. 
He was blind. He saw. But he still didn't see Jesus. Where is true revelation? Where is true seeing if you haven't seen the Son of Man? Where is true reading the scriptures if you have not, you have not found God? Sorry, my dear, little one. Sorry, but... <laughs> Gracie, <laughs> he said, she's saying, Pastor, grace, grace, more grace. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. <laughs> Your word and worship. Amen. Understand this. Where is true seeing? If you haven't seen Jesus. What are, what use of your eyes? What use of your intellect? What use of your brains? What use of your study? What use of your education? What use of all the facilities and the giftings that God has given you if you can't see the person of Jesus Christ in the scriptures? You know why God, God can't reveal the scriptures to you? Because you have not confessed him. You are ashamed of Jesus. Are you ashamed of him? If you are ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of you. If you are ashamed of the church, he'll be ashamed of you. Because he is not separated from his bride. Understand that. December 1st, no. We have to speak like this. <laughs> Otherwise, we will get carried with traditions. Hmm? Confess. Confess before men. Don't be afraid. I know. See, what the RSS people say about is something irrelevant. But what about you? What about you? What about you? <clears throat> so, fear of man. Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter 12. Again. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, among the who? Among the who? And the problem is that you are a ruler. Ruler. <laughs> Scale. <laughs> among the rulers. <laughs> Many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. Lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved, for they loved what? They loved the praise of men than the praise of God. Let me tell you something, my dear brothers and sisters. This is what it is. This is all external. No internal at all. Nothing internal. There's nothing authentic inside of you. There's no gold. Romans chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. We know this verse very well, right? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. Nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is what? Is of the heart by the spirit. In the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter. Whose praise is not from men, but from so three things we looked at. It is not slavish fear. It is not religious fear. It is not the fear of man. So let us come to what it is there for. Right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now this is the fear of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Okay? 9-10. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of Wisdom. No, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But what should your question question be? Natural question. Logical. 
Or beginning of what? What is your question? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord makes you depart from evil. The fear of the Lord causes everything. The fear of the Lord is clean, etc., etc., etc. But what is... No? The logical question is... Okay. Oh. What is the beginning of the... Oh, fear of the Lord. That is the question that should come to you. <laughs> but let me tell you something. This is absolutely not natural. The natural man has no iota of the fear of God. Not even a single drop is there inside of his heart. Okay? Let me prove that to you from scripture. Hmm. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 2. As it is written. <laughs> so scriptures cannot be broken. So as it is written, no? <laughs> there is none who is righteous. No, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They all have gone out of the way. They have together become unprofitable. There is no one that good, does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. In other words, when they open their mouth, it stinks. Because what comes out of the mouth? Comes from their heart. That is the reason why their heart kampu, stinks. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is in other lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet is feet, feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is what? No fear of God before their eyes. In other words, the unconverted, un- unregenerated, un- uh, un- un- uh, unborn again believe man does not have the fear of God. That is the reason why the law of God is what? It converts your soul. Remember in Psalm 19, what does it do? It first converts. What is therefore important? You must be born again. We all come back there again. No, <laughs> We all come back to the beginning. What is the beginning? You must be born again. So where do you start? Where do you begin to have the fear of God? When does the fear of God first come and grip your heart? Where does it start? How does it start? What starts the fear of God is important. Am I right? Where you start the fear of God? The starting point of the fear of God. Where do you first get it? How do you, how do you receive the fear of God? Let me tell you beforehand, before I go to the next verse. The fear of God is a gift from God. You cannot have it naturally. It is supernatural. It is supernatural. Let us let us look at where it starts. <clears throat> so it is important. The, the 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 genesis, if you will, of the fear of God. Where does the fear of God start? Let us see a particular passage of scripture and understand from where we get the fear of God. Luke's gospel, chapter 23. <clears throat> look at what it says. Verse 39. Then one of the criminals, you know the criminal story, right? Okay, <laughs> you know the, uh, the 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 Greek is actually the KJV uses the word male factor <clears throat> or doer of evil, evil doer. The criminal means the one who is doing evil. Then one of the criminals who was hanged blasphemed him. What did he? Bla- how did he blaspheme? What comes out of the heart? We said blasphemies. Remember blasphemies. Yeah, blasphemies comes from the heart. Where does it come from? It's coming from the heart. Okay. He blasphemed Christ. How did he blaspheme him? If you are the Christ, save yourself, save us. In other words, he knows who the Christ is. That means, is he a Jew or a Greek? A Jew. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A Jewish criminal, basically. My goodness. (laughs) Jewish criminal. (laughs) It's interesting. People who are Jewish and Christian, 
sorry i'm sorry jewish and criminal and christian and criminal are dangerous criminals hindu criminal okay in okay muslim criminal okay but jewish criminal christian criminal baba the worst form okay so this criminal what did he do he hung on the cross blasphemed him saying if you are the christ save yourself and us and therefore you have to ask this question what is blasphemy not not normal question what is blasphemy over here in this context if you are the christ save yourself and me meaning ultimate blasphemy save me in my sin that is blasphemy i want to continue my lifestyle of sin and i should not pay the penalty for my sin whatever i do if you are a good god you are a merciful god you are a great god you are a nice god all kinds of things i'm attributing to you forgive my sin and let me live my live, the, live my life that is blasphemy that is the reason why it says in jude certain people have crept in unawares who turn the grace of god into what license to a sinful life save me in my sin that is blasphemy look at the other christian sorry other criminal okay no he's going to become a christian of course look at what he says <clears throat> i love the way the whole thing comes it starts at the cross by the way the fear of god begins where the cross with repentance as a gift look at what it says but the other answering rebuked him saying the first fellow blasphemed the other fellow rebuked the blasphemy in other words he cancelled out the blasphemous words that was coming out he cancelled out those doctrines which will cause you to be comfortable in your sin and what he says do you not even fear god at this time in your life don't you have the fear of god in other words they say you no know, one leg in, i i heard this from sister elsa one leg on the banana skin one leg in the grave that means if you walk where will you fall in the grave that's the idea basically logically now whenever somebody gives 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 me a saying i analyze it what happens if that fellow falls oh he falls into the grave that's what it means okay because we have a lot of words these days there's some new words staycation what is staycation i was trying to analyze what is staycation oh it is vacation staycation vacation means you vacate the place where you're staying and go away and have a holiday staycation means stay <laughs> stay the place where you are and have a holiday that is staycation anta i was like oh my goodness what words people are finding out staycation vacation so when you go to a, let's say uh, you take off a day and you go to so let's say a five star hotel and you want to relax it's called staycation you should take the same five star hotel in goa it's called vacation kya baat hai okay <laughs> <laughs> you see this is how has got one leg on the banana skin one foot in the grave and what has he to do what has he got to do he still does not have the fear of god meaning he doesn't want to understand what is going to happen in eternity in, in other words he still eyes are on the temporal and not on the eternal see save me save yourself so that i can continue my lifestyle let me tell you something any doctrine which does not teach you the fear of god is the false doctrine understand this they continued steadfastly uh, as a result what happened fear ah, fear came 
I'm telling you, my dear brothers and sisters, I'm looking at people, young and old alike, who do not have the fear of God. Don't have the fear of God. And it scares me. Do you not even fear God at this point in your life? Seeing you are under the what? Same. You do not see that you are in the same condemnation. In other words, your life, the way that you live, you should have been what? Condemned. Damned. The word is damned to hell. In other words. Eternally damned is word. Don't you even fear God? At this juncture in your life, you should have had the sense of urgency to set the things right with God. And what are you doing right now? What are you doing? What are you doing? Let me ask you this question. What are you doing? Are you sending, setting the things right with God? Are you, are you setting things right with God? Twelfth month, we, st- we are starting right now. How, do you have a clear conscience with God? Do I have a clear conscience with God? Do I judge myself and say, you know what, in as far as me and God are concerned, in as far as me and my brothers are concerned, in as far as me and my pastor is concerned, in as far as me and my wife is concerned, in as far as, in as, in as, far as me and the relationships around me are concerned, I have a clear conscience with God and with mine. Do you, do you strive to live a life of offense, void of offense towards God and towards man? Do we have that? Or will you keep on speaking about something somebody has already done to you? Ask yourself these questions, my dear brothers. Because out of the abundance of the heart, what speaks, your mouth speaks, and by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So by his words, what is what happened to the one, one criminal? He was condemned. Look at the first thing that comes out of his mouth. My goodness, don't you have a sense of the fear of God now? Don't you have it? Seeing that you're in the same condemnation. And look at what he, how he confesses his sin. You see, he says, and we indeed justly. That means I, I'm des- I deserve what I'm getting. You know, what we, this is what we call a self-test. Okay. Self test. What does a self test result say? Condemned. You know, it's very interesting in Job, the book of Job. He said, To my shirt I stink. That's my life. To my shirt? Okay, the shirt doesn't stink to me. When the shirt looks at me and he says, Please don't wear me, please, Vijay. <laughs> you stink. <laughs> That, that's like, that's like how it is actually rendered in the Telugu. <laughs> Understand that? It's very interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, when you read the Telugu Bible, certain things are like, Shoo, my goodness, you have to pause. You know, you have to pause in, in English. You read it so fast with like uh, 3,500 words per minute or whatever. Huh? In Telugu, my goodness, you fa- you stop and you say, boy, what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? I want to be clothed with the righteousness of Jesus. You stink. Cheek. Get that clay, filthy garbage out first. That is the reason why even Joshua the high priest, what did he have? He had filthy garments. Did God say, no, let us clothe him? First he said, take those garments out. Nonsense. 
I indeed, justly meaning, even to my own clothes, I stink. You see, this is what we call as radical objectivity. <laughs> if I can use that word. Radical objectivity, meaning, this is what I am. I don't want to pretend. You see, think about it now. What can you pretend? On the cross, you are naked. What can you pretend? What more can you pretend? You have been completely made a shame, a public spectacle. What can you pretend? What can you pretend anymore? Get rid of that pretense. Even at the last moment of your life, you still want to pretend all the way to hell. Hmm? We indeed justly. Look at that. See, that is the that is that is how I know that I am now beginning to have the fear of God. I say, Lord, whatever you say to me now, I deserve what I got. I don't want to justify myself. It's over. It's over. In as far as I'm concerned, it's over too for me now. And all I can appeal is what? To mercy. When you have come to that point, that is when you have the fear of God. That is what we call as repentance. What is it called? Repentance. You see that? So the question is, do you not fear God? You are in the same condemnation. We justly, we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. Meaning God shows no partiality. God judges me according to my works. You see, all these revelations are coming to this man just before he's dying now. Why? As a result of the fear of God. If you have the fear of God, you have the right standards. Otherwise, you have unjust scales and balances in your life. Your bag is full of unjust scales and balances. Do you not even fear God? You are under the same condemnation. We indeed justly, we are receiving our due reward. But look at the statement. I'm un, it's an unbelievable logical statement any man can ever make. This man has done ro- no wrong. Therefore, the question is, why is he dying? No, 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 no. It is not the question for why is he dying, for who is he dying? For who is he dying then? God shows no partiality. God is absolutely just. God is absolutely impartial. He accepts no man's face. But what is he doing here? Why is he condemning a sinless man? No, 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 no. He's not condemning the sinless man because he has sinned. He's condemning the sinless man because he's punishing him for someone else. For whom? For me. What does the law say? What does the law say? Cursed is a man who hangs on a tree. In other words, he is taking my punishment. He is taking my punishment. Now I know that mercy and truth have kissed each other. Righteousness and peace have met each other. Now, you know what? It is a beginning of a reverential love for God. It has caused, it has begun now. Where? It has begun in new birth, in repentance. So what causes the fear of God to come to you? The goodness of God. Isn't it amazing? It isn't amazing. Isn't it amazing? The goodness of God causes the fear of God. Wow. Wow. That is the reason why it says the goodness of God leads you to what? Repentance. Repentance. Galatians 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. 
Men, you should, you should see, every time you talk about the cross, all you should get is excitement. <laughs> Joy, worship, wonder, fear, everything should come together. Second hmm? Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. Isn't it amazing? What a statement that is. As if God is beseeching you through us. In other words, today, I'm hoping that God is beseeching you through me. What am I beseeching you? We pray you in Christed, please be reconciled to God. Please, 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 please. Please be reconciled to God. The beginning of the 12th month. Everybody was going to go go to celebrate Christmas. But really, is Jesus born in your heart? Is Jesus truly born in your life? If he is born, which birthday are you you celebrating? First birthday, 25th time. Hmm? Third birthday for the 75th time. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So you know what? Thief says, do you not fear God? And you know what the statement he makes? Next one. I love that statement. You know what he says? Then he said to Jesus, wow. What, did he, what does he call him? Call him? Lord. You know what is he actually addressing him as? God. He has a revelation that Paul has. In Romans chapter 9 verse 5. You don't have to go down there. Actually you can put it up in your screen. Romans chapter 9 verse 5. In Sammy if you can read it for us. Yeah, Romans chapter 9 verse 5. Forgot to put it. Cholo, read kar dije, koi dikkat Of whom are the fathers? From whom according to the flesh? Christ came. Who is overall? The eternally blessed God. So what is the revelation that this thief has on the cross when he calls him Lord? He has, you know, Thomas says, unless I touch him, unless I... Uh, uh, then when she, once he touches him, my God, my Lord. Now what is he saying? Lord. He has a revelation that Paul has. God, remember me. When you come into your kingdom. And I like what Jesus says in the Amplified. It's beautiful. Jesus said to him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you. Kya baat hai? <laughs> it's a double superlative. I assure you. And you want that assurance? Kya baat hai? You, can you have that assurance? Absolutely you can. The vilest sinner who truly believes and repents, that moment from Jesus, a pardon receives. Though there may I, though while as he have washed my sins away, is what the hymn writer will say. Amen. Amen. Okay. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, today, kya baat hai? Today, you will be with me in paradise. I'm telling you, if you do not have the assurance of salvation today, you can. You can. You can have the assurance. You can know. That's the reason why one John, the epistle of, the first epistle of John will say, by this we know the children of God. Can we know that, the, that we are the children of God? Absolutely. We can. We can have the assurance. We can have the assurance. Otherwise, why are we doing the ministry? Huh? If we don't have the assurance. Our ministry is in vain. Understand that, okay? I assure you and most solemnly say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So the first thing, where does the fear of God start? It starts at the cross with genuine repentance. 
Okay. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. All the burdens of my heart were rolled away. It's there by faith I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the way. So at the cross, it starts. It starts by an encounter of Jesus on the cross. It, it starts with an encounter of the standards of the righteous justice of God on the cross. And knowing that God, instead of punishing you, he punished his son. That is where it starts. That is how it starts. <clears throat> so it starts with repentance. It starts with a born again experience. It starts there because it is a supernatural fear. It cannot be manufactured in the natural man because the natural man has no fear of God before his eyes as we saw in Romans chapter 2, right? Okay, let us move on therefore. Now, once that the fear of God is birthed, what should we do now? <laughs> it's important, right? First Peter chapter 1. So, <clears throat> if I have been born again and redeemed by, uh, not by silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Christ, what should I do? And I know I'm becoming a, I have become a child of God. I call him as father. I, and if you call on father, who without partiality, judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your exile, here in fear. Okay. Understand, in order for you to protect the fear of God and nurture the fear of God that God has given you as a gift when he granted you the gift of repentance, you have to practice what we call as an exile mentality or a pilgrim mentality or a sojourning mentality. What, what kind of a lifestyle you should have? Exile. You know what an exile is, right? Exile means prisoner. In prison, you don't ask about food. Hey, what is this food, Ray? Will you ask? No. Even if there are worms, you will eat. You will take the worms out and you eat. That's all. <laughs> no complaints. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. In prison, no complaints, Baba. Giving the food itself is great. Exile mentality. The Lord, now what is people? They want everything. If I have to come to the ministry, I have to have this, then this, and this, and this, and this, and then I'll come. What will you do, Ray? What will you do now in the ministry? You lead and get fat. Stay. This is, you have to have what we call as a prisoner mentality. I am a prisoner. I am a sojourner. I am a pilgrim. This is not my life. That is the reason why, where did Abraham live? In tents. Where did he live? In Hebron. Where did he live? Near Hebron, in tents. Meaning, near the house of fellowship, he pitched his tent. Where do you pitch your tent? Gachiboli. Where is your touch? Alwal. Congratulations. You see, oh, no, 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 the property prices are raising there. Go, build your property there. I don't have an exile mentality. That is the reason why when Hagar is running away, he says, where are you running from? Where are you running from? Fellowship? Fellowship? From a man who has got everything and who is still living in tents? You want to run away from that kind of a, uh, of a testimony? From that kind of a lifestyle? You want to run away? Run? Thank God the angel of the Lord intervened. And didn't say, you know what, I will come along with you, Hagar. I'm going to give you a recommendation. Oh, Sarah, why did you do this to Hagar? I will speak on your behalf, nothing. Go and submit yourself. Shut your mouth, submit yourself. Sim- simple. <laughs> what do we want? Oh, Lord, plead on my behalf, Lord. Plead on my behalf. Go and tell my Ejamani, my Samindar, please, Lord, make his mouth shut. Go, submit yourself. Shut your mouth, submit submit yourself. Don't give all this nonsense. Run away. Don't run away. Submit yourself. 
How should you do? Have an exile mentality. What mentality? Exile. Pilgrim mentality. We are not citizens of uh, India. Neither are we citizens of the United States of America or any other of this world. What are we? Philippians chapter 3. Brethren, join in following my example. This is what we call as authenticity, authority, conviction, what have you. Hmm? And note those who walk as you have as as a pattern. If the kind of man of God you should follow is, you should have this kind of a lifestyle. These are the convictions. This is the lifestyle. This is the conviction you should have. This is the doctrine that you should possess. This is what you should follow. A life for many walk. How do they walk? And now I tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on what things? If you set your mind on earthly things, I'm telling you, guarantee that is a fantastic formula to lose the fear of God. Because you know what? You'll keep on compromising, 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 compromising. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Everybody's doing, everybody's doing. You'll vex your soul and you'll be like Lot. Lose your family, no testimony in your family at all. Everything is gone. All you have come to come, come is through fire and you will receive nothing on the other side. And that too, because of the intercession of another man of God. If that fellow, if that man of God is not there in your life, what is your situation? What is your situation? What hope do you have? If there is no man of God who is crying and pleading and raising his hands on behalf of you, what is your hope? What is your hope? What is your hope you have? Huh? Tell me. Who set their mind on earthly things? Philippians chapter 3 goes on to say, For our citizenship is where? Is from heaven, from which we also, <laughs> I like that word, eagerly wait for the Savior. <laughs> no, 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 no. Jesus, please wait now for some more days. I want to enjoy. The Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform, I told you. We are not what? Conformers. We are what? Transformers. Who will transform then our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious, glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Therefore, worship Nurture an exile mentality. Cultivate a pilgrim mentality. Okay. In other words, don't run away from fellowship. Live in tents close to Hebron. What is that? Not Hebron church. <laughs> okay. Whatever Hebron is. Hebron means house of fellowship. Where God is. <clears throat> Acts chapter 2. Verse 14. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them. Be saved from this what? From this perverse generation. Is the word. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that, about, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Did you get that? Mm-hmm. So first thing, you have to have, pick, pick up, uh, practice this pilgrim mentality. In other words, this world is not. How do we do that? And grow in the fear of the Lord, right? It says in Proverbs chapter 1, this is what we do. We, we need to do. The fear of God, once the fear of God is given as a gift, you have to increase in the fear of God by hard work. What is that? Ah, let me tell you something. In Christian work, in life, first it begins with a gift. Is perfected through hard work. What did I say? I didn't, you didn't get it. Hmm. See, 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 see. It is first received as a gift, perfected through hard work, not perfected in the flesh. No, 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 no. Perfected through diligence. Study to show yourself what? 
a prudent to God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you are not a hard work, if you are a lazy Christian who are constantly, I don't know what, wasting your time and thinking that it is going to automatically come one day. And you will have the fear of God. No. It starts with a gift. You have to learn this early in life. Okay. Honestly, if you are a girl or a boy, if you are a girl, work hard at home. Study hard. Work hard. Because if you are being called to, if you become a pastor's wife, it is only hard work. Nice smile you have on your face. (laughs) Okay. Understand this. Study hard, work hard. So, therefore, first of all, it is received as a gift. And every time, you know how you develop in the fear of God, it becomes a choice. What did I say? Ah, fear of the Lord is a choice. I didn't say it. Let man be liar, God be. True, right? Proverbs chapter 1 verse 29. The great man who didn't have the fear of God. Let's see. For they hated knowledge and did not choose the what? The fear of the Lord. So you have to, you have to make choices in keeping with the fear. I mean, having the fear of the Lord, you make the choice. In other words, the fear of the Lord is an attitude which has to be developed. And every time you see fear of the Lord has a choice because faith has choices, right? Faith has, has choices, right? So, in order to choose according to the fear of the Lord, what should happen to you? You have to be taught the fear of the Lord. Am I right? Okay. You have to make choices in keeping with the fear of the Lord. I have to be taught the fear of the Lord. So, Psalm 34 will say, Come, my children, listen to me, and what will I do? I will teach you the fear of the Lord. You see that? It has to be taught because you have to make choices according to the fear of the Lord. And therefore, you have to be taught the fear of the Lord. The righteous standards of God have to be taught. Therefore, what happened to the early church once they got converted and they said, we will develop a pilgrim mentality. What happened to the early church? Look at what it says in Acts chapter 2. We know this verse very well. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 to 41 words. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. And what happened? Then fear came upon every soul and many one and signs were done through the apostles. It's the same notation as used in Acts chapter 9. It says the church was edified and they grew in the fear of the Lord and favor with God and with man. Fear of God. What happened now? The fear of the Lord is being taught. Therefore, the fear of the Lord is a choice. Therefore, the fear of the Lord has to be taught so that you can make choices in keeping with the fear of the Lord. Do you understand that? That is the reason why we come to the word doctrine. The apostles doctrine. Second thing with the fear of the Lord, it has to be sought. What is that? It has to be taught. It has to be sought as well. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 onwards. My son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments with you, so that you incline your ear unto wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yea, if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, huh, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and you shall find the 
true knowledge. In other words, you should have a lifestyle where you are crying out every day, Lord, teach me, teach me, teach me how to make a lot of choices. Lord, teach me, teach me, teach me the fear of God. Teach me how I should behave with, with my, with my parents, with my teachers, with my pastors, with my elders. Lord, teach me how I should behave with the opposite, opposite gender. Lord, teach me, teach me, Lord, teach me, keep me from temptation, deliver me from evil. Let me make choices in keeping with the fear of the Lord. You have to cry out every day. Hebrews chapter 5. Jesus also did that, right? How do we know that? Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, how? Silently. Oh, no, no, no. Look at this. This is passionate prayer. With vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his what? Godly fear. Godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience through the things he suffered. What did he learn? What is learning obedience means? He learned the what? The fear of God. The fear of God. Because it says he was he delighted himself in the fear of God. Morning by morning. Or you wake up children in the morning. Emmanuel will say, Daddy, no, no. no. She will immediately put the <laughs> blanket on her face like that. Abigail, I can wake her up. But Emmanuel, no, no, no. And Jesus, one tap, get up. Oh, who has to wake him up? Morning by morning, you woke him up. The Spirit of God woke him up. Come, my children, I will teach you the fear of God. The fear of God. The fear of God. Mm -hmm. Fear of God has to be taught. You have to choose the fear of God. Therefore, you have to be taught. You You have to seek it. It has to be sought. Fourth one, it has to be nurtured. How should it be? It should be nurtured. What did I say? Nurtured. How do you do that? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Look at what it says. Submitting to one another. How? Ah. Where do you submit to one another? Where? In the church. You got that? So there cannot be, you cannot be taught the fear of the God, fear of the Lord without the church. Understand that. Fear, church meaning not online church. Okay, anything is a word of God, anything. You will say anything is milk, no? Will you say that? Donkey's milk, cow milk, anything, okay? I mean, this is stupid things, people, reasons people give me, you know? Anything is milk, it's white in color. Submitting to one another in the fear of God, meaning you have to be, uh, you have to be an authentic, organic part of the body of Christ. Life should be flowing through you and from you. To others. Okay? Submitting to one another in the fear of God. That is the reason why Pastor was talking about um, only those people who are humble submit. Only those people who are humble submit. How do I know I'm humble? How do I know I'm humble? I don't get offended. How do I know I'm humble? I say, thank you, God, you corrected me. Thank God you're not treating me as, as an illegitimate son. Thank you. Can you say that when you get corrected? Oh, oh how, did, how dare he say, me that, say that to me? Will you say that? Today in the morning, I was coming out of the washroom. I said, Lord, if you correct me, that means you actually love me and you're calling me as your son. Otherwise, I'm illegitimate. And it hit me. It just came home to me like that. What freedom, no? What freedom? No offense you'll carry in your heart. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. 
That is the reason why Romans chapter 8 will say, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. And those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is what? Is enmity against God and will not subject itself to the law of God. And indeed it cannot. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Okay? So carnal people, people who are still worldly minded, who are submitting, I mean, who always think about the things of the flesh. What does that mean? Their minds are set, it says. Their mind is set. It doesn't matter what, which age group you belong to. Your mind can be set. But if you are young, you are malleable and you are ductile, your mind can be set on the things of the spirit. Young or old, whatever it is. If you have the heart. And you know who other, who others, who, what other kind of people are actually people who are proud? Who will never submit themselves? You know who, who those people are? I'll tell you. I'll give you an example. Romans chapter 10. The other day when, when pastor was talking about people who do not submit, I was searching the scriptures and saying, who are the other kinds of people who do not submit? Okay. Romans chapter 10. Look at what it says. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted. You know who are those people who will not submit? People who are self-righteous. Self-righteous people will never ever submit. Okay. So how do you nurture the fear of, fear of God? Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Becoming an organic part of the body of Christ where you receive the teaching and you receive life and life also flows through you. That has to be nurtured. The fourth way. Several things can be mentioned. I told you, you know, the fear of God is like till eternity you can study. But final thing, because we have huh, not much time. Isaiah chapter 11. The only way you will grow in the fear of the Lord is by being filled with the what? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Isaiah chapter 11. And they shall come forth rod out of the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, and the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And shall and shall make him quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. So what do you need to quickly understand what is fear of God and what is not? What do you need? The Spirit of the fear of, of the Lord. Very quick, very easy now, Baba. Simple, not have to, don't have even have to expound scriptures, you just have to read it. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but in righteousness. So you have to be filled with the spirit. How do you fill, with your, fill yourself with the spirit? Ephesians chapter 5 will say, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. And do not be drunk with wine, but which is in dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. How do you fill yourself with the spirit? It says, Filled with the Spirit, comma, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You know, in Telugu, it's Atma Sammandamayana Pajjamulu. Ah, I like that word. You know, poems, poetry, which is inspired by the Spirit of God. That's what it means, actually. Nowadays, you don't sing uh, poetry. We sing choruses. Hymns are poetry, Baba. Sorry, Pastor, but it's true. <laughs> it's so beautiful, actually. I like poetry because it's a nice pattern. Beautiful pattern in poetry. And it's easy to remember. And it's easy to teach children also because they also like patterns. 
ఆత్మ సంబంధమైన పద్యంలో పోయమ్స్ విచ్ ఆర్ ఇన్స్పైర్డ్ బై ద స్పిరిట్ ఆఫ్ గాడ్ నా వర్డ్ ఇస్ ఇన్ తెలుగు హ్యావ్ పోయమ్స్ దే ఆర్ నాట్ పోయమ్స్ కంప్యూటర్స్ ఆర్ట్స్ సైన్స్ మ్యాథ్స్ కామర్స్ ఇవన్నీ క్లాస్ రూమ్ సబ్జెక్ట్స్ ఎలాగో తప్పని న్యూసెన్స్ వాట్ ఆర్ యూ డూయింగ్ యు ఆర్ పుట్టింగ్ అండ్ యుర్ సేయింగ్ బాబా దిస్ ఇస్ పోయిట్రీ that is not poetry <laughs> you should have you know uh, a heart for that actually it's something which is which is heart which is of the heart okay anyway move on i mean it's, <laughs> it's something <laughs> which is <laughs> besides the point but uh, let us move on singing and making melody in your heart to the lord giving thanks always for all things to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ actually colossians also will say let the word of christ richly dwell in you speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs mm-hmm. so it has to be nurtured and you know it has to increase and the only way it will increase when you are being filled with the spirit of god that is the reason why when you receive the word of god by faith what are you what are you being filled with the spirit of god when you receive the word of god by faith you are receiving the spirit of god you are the infilling of the spirit of god is flowing into you because it says in galatians chapter 3 when you receive the words of god by faith the holy spirit fills you fills you being filled by the spirit when you receive the words of god by faith word of god by faith finally it has to be guarded okay give you one example from the bible and we will stop job's gospel job's gospel okay because everything is a gospel okay there was a man see ultimately this is the first book which is written in the bible and what is mentioned about this man look at what it says the law of first mention if you want to talk about okay there was a man in the land of us whose name was job you know what the word job means anybody knows huh the one who is hated <laughs> that's what it means job means the hated one who hates you the world your friends everybody will hate you okay and that man was not was not perfect he was blameless upright and the one who feared god shunned evil how do you shun evil it is by the fear of god you depart from evil do not trust in do not trust in your own understanding trust in the lord with all your heart do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths fear the lord depart from evil it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones how did he cultivate the fear of god by creating a by cultivating a lifestyle which was blameless before god what is blamelessness it is not sinlessness it is a life where you are always constantly keeping short accounts with god how do i know that look at what it says this is his testimony this is god's testimony about him look at what it says in job's gospel chapter 1 verse 4 onwards and his sons would eat and feast in their houses each one on his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them so it was when the days of feasting had run their course that in other words they had a course baba a course called eating in udemy no now how to eat successfully and fantastically they offered a course on udemy no what is that course nicely eat okay job what happened after their course for, course of eating is over and they graduated with a certificate eating is over that job would and sanctify them and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all for job said it may be that my sin, my sins my sons have sinned where in the heart and cursed god in their hearts thus job did regularly that is what we call as keeping short accounts with god 
regular. I'm sorry, the, the font is a little small. What was he? A man who was blameless. He was upright, not because he was sinless, because he offered offerings. What, what offerings? Burnt offerings. You know what they did with burnt offerings, right? They took that thing and they slaughtered it nicely. So that his sons would see, what are you doing, daddy? I'm slaughtering this animal nicely. Peace, peace, peace. Why are you doing that? This innocent fellow has to die for you because you, I don't know if you have sinned. And God is righteous. We have to make, make sure that our relationship with God is absolutely clean. I am actually offering this so that you may become right with God. And live a life which is what? Blameless. Do that how? Regularly. That is the reason why we have meeting every day now. Right, Joe? Absolutely. Now we have become neighbors. Okay. <laughs> All right. Then the Lord said to Satan, oh, I like this. What a challenge. Satan! Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him on earth, a man blameless, upright, and the one who fears God and shuns evil. How did he do that? Regularly. Regularly. So this morning, December 1st, 2021, let it be etched in your heart. We were taught the fear of God. Let us grow in the fear of God. And let us finish this year in the fear of God. And continue in the fear of God. In 2022, not finish only, but continue. Okay. Until he comes. Because why? Because he is a God who is, a, who is our father, who will judge us impartially according to our deeds. And therefore, throughout the time of your exile, conduct yourself in fear until he comes. Very difficult to say Amen, but we will say Amen. Say Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. Pray, Lord Jesus, for a miracle this morning, O oh Lord. For those people who are waiting for a breakthrough, O oh Lord Jesus, in their lives. Right now, O oh Lord Jesus, I pray, Father, that you would break through, O oh Lord Jesus. That you would rend your heavens, O oh Lord Father, and visit your people with a fresh baptism of the, of the, of the, of the Spirit. So that we will grow in our fear of the Lord. And Lord, whoever needs a breakthrough this morning, O oh Lord Jesus, Father, visit your son, visit your daughter, whichever place they are in, O oh Lord Jesus. Touch them, let them experience your hand and your healing this morning, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Touch, touch your children. Touch your children this morning. Let healing flow from the presence of God. Let healing flow. Let virtue flow. Lord, Lord, let your virtue flow and cleanse your people. Cleanse them of their sin. Cleanse them of their unrighteousness. Cleanse them of their all the uh, all the sickness in their body, O oh Lord Jesus. Every demonic spirit, O oh Lord Jesus, let it be let them be let them be delivered, O oh Lord Jesus, and let them experience the freedom of the spirit and let them walk in the fear of the Lord. This morning, oh Father, touch, touch your sons, touch your daughters. Whoever is looking for a breakthrough this morning, touch, touch Lord, touch Lord Jesus, touch, touch Lord. You are a God who will break through. Oh Lord, rend the heavens. Would you rend your heavens, oh Lord, and visit us this morning. Father, challenge your church this morning. Let us walk with you. Let us grow in the fear of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Commit this entire month into your hands, oh Lord. What a privilege and an honor to begin this month in your presence. Let us continue in your presence through this year and in the coming years, O Lord. And let every plan and purpose that you have for us in our lives, let it come to pass, even as we walk in obedience to you. Thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. God bless you all. We'll see you in the evening for the evening's Telugu service.